you to pray with me at the beginning of our sermon time. Lord God, take my words and speak through them this morning. Take our hearts and speak to them. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Bring conviction to our hearts through your word and initiate healing and transformation in our lives, all for the glory of your powerful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. I want to start this morning with a question. Which do you think is more sought after in our culture or in your lives? What is more sought after, inner peace or overflowing joy? Inner peace or overflowing joy? So let's do a... uh, little survey. How many of you, between inner peace and overflowing joy, would choose inner peace? Okay. How many of you would choose overflowing joy? Okay. More, more choices for peace than joy. Well, looking at these two things, my opinion is that these are two foundational concepts, and they are the most sought after in our culture. And this morning, our sermon will have three points, and one of them is overflowing joy. We're going to begin there, as we heard of that in our reading from John chapter 15. We're going to begin with overflowing joy, then we will address agape love, and then we will look at your choice. So if you want to turn in your blue Bibles to John chapter 15, page 902, We're going to begin at the top of page 902 with verse 9. In this teaching recorded by John, Jesus places before his disciples and before you and me our first point, overflowing joy. So take a look at verse 11 of John 15. These things I have spoken to you, Jesus says, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. These things I have taught you, Jesus says. I have said to you, I have instructed you, in order that your joy may be full. The Greek word there has a sense of full to the brim, not like this half-full glass of water, full to the brim. Furnished liberally, abounding, overflowing. And as I reflected on this statement from Jesus, I found myself thinking back, where in my life have I experienced abounding, overflowing joy? Well, here are a few. The moments when Kim and I discovered that we were pregnant after many years of infertility. The moments Kim and I first held our children after they were born, including the moments when we first held our adopted daughters. Now, true confession, those were Kim's answer to that question. I wrote instances in my life, then I asked Kim, what were yours? And hers were much better than mine. (laughs) Her third answer was the moment after I proposed to her in 1990, and she said, That was the most significant for her, because as she pointed out, she had just returned from a Christian retreat with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, where she had surrendered her desires for marriage to Jesus and had given up hope that I would ever propose. (laughs) That's the truth. So Kim's answers were good, 
I had to use those. My answers included the moments that I experienced after a few days on vacation with Kim when the stresses of life withdraw. Usually it's sitting beside the ocean. And I experience overflowing joy and peace with my wife and with my best friend. I also noted the many moments where I witness my children's accomplishments and successes and I celebrate with them. Yet another example of this overflowing joy was presented last night. Kim and I were sitting outside on our patio and our new neighbor came by to return our plate. You see, three weeks ago, we had taken her some treats as a welcome. She brought back the plate, apologizing that it had taken her so long. She said, I'm a little embarrassed, but I want to tell you I was otherwise occupied with the birth of my first grandchild. Imagine the overflowing joy as she talked about her newly born granddaughter. This feeling of overflowing joy is powerful. You may be right now distracted by thoughts in your own life where you experienced overflowing joy overflowing joy. I encourage you now to make note of those moments, and then I humbly ask you to tune back in to me as we're going to continue our discussion of these passages. Jesus teaches in verse 11 that his desire is for his followers to know and possess his joy, and that their joy would be full to the brim and overflowing. Possessing Jesus' joy, we see here, is connected to experiencing joy overflowing. Now, the opening words of this verse are important. These things I have spoken to you. What Jesus has said and taught is crucial to experiencing his joy and thereby possessing his overflowing joy. So what are these things? Well, our reading this morning began with verses 9 and 10, and we get a sense of these things from verses 9 and 10. So in verse 9, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus commands his followers to abide, to stay, to remain in, to continue in his love. Then in verse 10, Jesus tells them how to abide in his love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as, or in the same way, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. That's powerful. If if you keep my commandments, Jesus tells us, you will abide in my love in the same way that I abide in the Father's love the love that's between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the love available. So I've established that we all, on some level, desire overflowing joy. Jesus tells you how to get it if you keep his commandments. And the Greek word translated there is entolos. When I was memorizing Greek, entolos, into a commandment, that's how I remembered it. Entelos means his precepts or his injunctions. Many of you are in the legal field. You know what an injunction is. Well, it's a legal term, and I like this definition. An equitable remedy in the form of a court order 
that compels a party to do or refrain from specific acts. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, my injunctions, he declares to experience overflowing joy, one must keep and observe my commandments, which will include injunctions to do some things and injunctions to not do some things. And all of this is connected to his love, his abiding love that he asks us to abide in, to stay in, to remain in. Joy to the fullest is directly connected to remaining in Jesus' love. And this brings us to our second point, the Greek word agape. There are multiple Greek words for love. I think there are three or four, I don't remember exactly, used in the New Testament. Here, John records Jesus' teaching with the word agape. In fact, in this short passage that we read, Jesus used the word agape, or a form of agape, nine times in these eight verses. In our first John 14 passage, He uses agape, or a form of agape, 21 times. You think it's important? I'm going to read a portion of 1 John, and I invite you to just listen. Every time love is mentioned, the word is agape. And when he says beloved, that's a form of agape, agape tos. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves God and has been born of God has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's just four verses. Agape, 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 agape. Agape love. Agape literally means intimate love with affection, with benevolence. Here's a more comprehensive definition that I found from Cooper P. Abrams III. Agape is the love of intelligent purpose, always aiming toward and working out the very best for the object loved, enemies included. Agape is love that always takes initiative. always aiming toward and working out the very best for the object loved, including enemies. Love that always takes initiative. That's powerful. Think back to Jesus' baptism. He emerges from the water, and a voice booms from heaven, this is my beloved agapetos. This is my beloved son. Think back to Jesus' declaration of the greatest commandment. You shall love agape, the Lord with all that you are, and love agape, your neighbor as yourself. 
the most well-known verse in John's gospel, John 3.16. For God so loved agape, the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's the first time the Apostle John used the word agape, recording Jesus' teaching. Agape love is intimate and it's significant. The love that is between the Father and the Son, the love that the Father demonstrated to you and me in the giving of His Son. Agape. So that, we read, so that we would not perish forever, but have new life and overflowing joy now and eternal life and overflowing joy after we die. That's what's offered. Many of you knew Jean Lewis. She was a longtime member of Redeemer, and she died on Friday, went home to be with her Lord. I visited her this past Tuesday I had the privilege of reading scripture, of singing, and of praying with her. She was a beloved woman who had no fear of death because she believed in Jesus. She had experienced his agape love. She possessed his overflowing joy. And she knew that her physical death would begin her eternal life forever. It was a beginning, not an end all through the agape love of God in Jesus Christ. This is good news. That in the midst of life's ups and downs, through believing in Jesus, who himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. Through believing in Jesus, you can experience God's agape love the love God the Father and God the Son share together. And through remembering and keeping Jesus' injunctions, his teachings, his commandments, you will abide in his, you will remain and soak in his agape love and experience his overflowing joy. Joy that will transcend your circumstances. Joy that you can possess when life goes up and when life comes down. A joy that abides. This is God's open invitation to everyone. We talked about overflowing joy and agape love, and we come to our third point, your choice. Believe in Jesus, and you receive his kingdom benefits of agape love, of overflowing joy, of peace that's beyond our understanding and eternal life. Now, this is not exclusive as some want to say it is, that God is exclusive. This is not an exclusive offer at all. It's generous and inclusive of all who would believe. It's offered to everyone. My New Testament professor, Rod Whitaker, said it this way, Condemnation is therefore not through God's rejection of some, but by their rejection of him. It's freely offered to all, but it must be chosen. It must be received. 
There's a choice to believe in Jesus that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Each of you has access to this eternally good news, and you have to choose to bend your knee and confess your sin and surrender your life to this agape love of God or choose your own way. There's a choice. One believes in Jesus and the other rejects God's offer. Whatever you choose, please be aware, it will have consequences for your life now and for your eternity after death. If you do not believe in Jesus, I pray that this morning or soon you will bow your knee and receive his new life now and a taste of the overwhelming joy and peace that will be forever yours in eternity. If today you sit here and you do believe in Jesus, but have not felt his presence or his peace or his agape love or his overflowing joy in a while, God promises that he does not ever leave or forsake his beloved, his children. If you are his child, perhaps God is just quiet. But also, perhaps maybe you've moved away from him. If this is the case in your life, you haven't felt his presence or his joy or his peace, I encourage you to take time away to pray. Ask God if there's any way that you've departed from his commandments where you're no longer following him. Ask him to reveal where there might be bitterness or anger or sin which has separated you from his agape love. I encourage you to confess before him and return to him. Bow your knee fresh today or sometime soon. Don't put it off. And return to him. If you think on those moments of your life where you have experienced overflowing joy to the fullest, why would you ever not choose to receive the gift of life, peace, and joy that is available only in God the Son, Jesus Christ, through belief in his name? I want to close with a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your promise that if we keep your commandments and abide in your agape love, that your joy will be in us and that by your agape love, our joy will overflow. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.